Welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. And today we're going to be talking about God's lavish welcome to you. that you were hosted really well. We've all been hosted. We have all visited family or friends or stayed at hotels. But think of a time when you were hosted really well. A handful of moments stand out for me throughout my life that made me stop and go, wow, that was special. One of the moments that pops up into my memories is shortly before we moved here to Powell River. We knew that we were supposed to be moving on from our church in Surrey, but it felt like every door that we started to walk through was slammed shut in our faces and we felt completely lost. God told us that we were supposed to be concluding our ministry at Spa Church and then he just went silent. We felt abandoned. We felt alone. We felt exhausted in the waiting. We felt like God forgot about us. And then we heard about the lake house. Now the lake house is a ministry house set on a campground um, where they actually host summer camps in a camp south of Seattle. And we called to see if they had any space to slip us into the lake house and they did in two weeks. So we packed up the kids and off we went, just excited to have a break. Well, we were going to drop off all of our bags, head into town, get some groceries, and escape from the hectic, escape from the job hunt, searching for the church that we were supposed to go to, and just pause to make memories with our kids. And then we arrived at the lake house. Now first, it's beautiful. It was right on this pristine lake with these big picturesque windows. Second, they were really adamant that everyone who visits the lake house unplugs, so no Wi-Fi or cell reception allowed. But we also noted some other things that really set the lake house apart that made us stop and go, wow, this is special. The first being that we were introduced to this lovely young man given his name and cell phone number and told that he was our host for the duration of our stay in if we needed anything day or night, we could feel free to contact him. They had stocked the lake house with all of these snacks and essential food items that made going into town to the grocery store needless. And on top of that, they welcomed us to come eat with them in fully prepared meals at every meal we desired. No pressure if we wanted time on our own but they had already thought about everything that we would need. On top of that, the beds were meticulously made. The linens and toiletries were waiting for us. The staff stopped and visited with us and played with our kids. We were given access to anything we wanted. Canoes, games rooms, campfires lit for us with s'more kids. And through something as silly as graham crackers and marshmallows, that staff at that camp reminded us that we were not forgotten. In that exhale of those days away, in the care, 
in the hospitality and the details that they had thought of, they revealed the heart of the Father toward us. Through the hospitality that they modeled and showed us, we experienced the rest that Jesus invites every single one of us into. And so we come to this moment in Psalm 23 with this abrupt switch. Up until this point, David has been using the illustration of God as our shepherd. He cares for us, he guides us, he protects us. But here David is making this abrupt switch from God as our shepherd to God as our host. We pick up in Psalm 23 at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Again, we have all experienced hospitality. We have all been hosted. And so we need to put this into context once again. This isn't an invitation to a backyard barbecue where it's like bring your own beef and your own lawn chair and all of those things. This is a feast. Hospitality in the Middle East is very, very different than hospitality here in Canada. From the context that David is writing this in, hosting someone was an honor. It meant that you were willing to meet every considerable need of your guest. You would offer them your very best and you would treat them with lavish care. You became accountable. You stewarded that relationship. When that guest was in your home, you were directly responsible for providing whatever they need. And this is the context. This is the switch that we find made here in Psalm 23, verse 5. And we're going to pull apart these next two verses over the next two weeks and look at this switch of God as our host. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. God cares for us with lavish care. He is the one who provides, who strengthens, who gives peace and brings comfort. He is the only one who is truly trustworthy. But that begs us to answer a question. What do we truly believe about how we can trust God. Well, let's pray. God, I thank you that you are trustworthy, that you care for us. I thank you for the verses preceding this in the 23rd Psalm where we see your incredible care for us, how you guide and you meet our needs, how you with us gives us the strength to walk through even those moments that are full of fear. So as we switch gears here, would you convince us that you are trustworthy? But more than that, would you convince us of how deeply you want a relationship with us? We thank you for the truth of your word. Holy Spirit, our spirit of truth, would you reveal it to us? Would you speak, Holy Spirit? Would you allow my own words that are just from my own great ideas or lack of great ideas to float away because we want to hear you speak in your precious name. Amen. Well, let's break this 
one verse down into the two sentences. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, I love this verse. I've said it before, but I am a very visual learner. And so when I read this verse, I always envision this old school historical battle. You know the ones where they used to line up facing each other, the two opposing armies? And I kind of in my mind's eye envision one in bright blue and one in bright red. And I truly think of the movies, like all those tents set up and the uh, flags waving, the whole thing. When all of a sudden, one side of the army just decides to sit down and have dinner. And in the absurdity of this whole idea in my mind, I like see table, linen tablecloths and, and linen napkins being put gently across people's laps and china and crystal and silverware, the whole thing. And I love this verse, but I do find it a bit absurd. I mean, who sits down for a meal in sight of the opposing army? Who does it in the presence of their enemies? I don't know about you, but when I feel attacked, when I feel like I'm at war, the last thing I want to do is recline and rest. I mean, when I feel attacked, when I feel like I'm at war, I want to develop my battle plan. <laughs> I want to check my defenses and see where I'm vulnerable and weak. I want to spring into action. A feast, sitting down for a meal, that's not action. That's stillness. It's rest and refreshment and nourishment. It's the exact opposite of all of my natural instincts and tendencies. And while this idea of God preparing this table and the implication of that word, shulkan, is that there is a meal involved with the table, well, that is this miracle of provision, and it truly is, in which God proves that he cares for our needs. He'll meet our daily need. He'll give us this day our daily bread. He'll meet all of those daily practical needs. I believe the greater miracle here is the provision of peace and safety. I asked before, who would sit down for a meal in sight of their enemy. Do you want to know who would sit down for that meal? One who is completely assured of their safety. This isn't just a miracle of provision. This isn't just a reminder that God will care for your needs and he will. This is a reminder that God invites us to rest in him, to relax and enjoy his sovereignty, to enjoy his provision without fear because he's there. Because he is there, we can be utterly confident of his control. Because he is there, we can have complete trust and total assurance that we do not have anything to fear. He will be our protection. I find it interesting that we are invited to feast while the threat is still present. I mean, the battle hasn't been won yet in this illustration. The enemies are still in the room, but God beckons us to come and experience his perfect peace, to come and experience the restoration of our soul, to walk away from the fighting 
and into the miracle of safety because we can trust in him. He invites us to come out of the war and into the place of stillness because he is present. And this peace doesn't come after the battle is won. This peace doesn't come when every enemy is vanquished. This peace comes only in the presence of our good shepherd, our gracious host. Isaiah 26, 3 tells us, You will keep in perfect peace those who might, whose mind are steadfast because they trust in you. The table has been prepared for you. But do you trust him enough to step out of the fighting and into the stillness? Have we been convinced that he is trustworthy? Can we rest and find provision and nourishment for our souls in stillness and trust because we have complete confidence that God will protect us? Because we have complete confidence in God's sovereignty in his control, in his character, in his strength, in his care? Are we willing to step out of the fighting and to sit at the table with our good and generous host, to press pause so that God can meet our needs, allowing him to restore our soul, to refresh us in the presence of our enemies? Do we trust him enough? to guard us, to allow him to be the one on defense so that we can just be with him. Psalm 23, five continues, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And this is another sentence that we must put into cultural context when it was written. If a guest came to your home in order to make that guest feel incredibly welcome, it was routine that you would provide oil for the head and the face of that guest. It was a refreshing act, incredibly soothing for the skin, and it or proved the desire of the host to have that guest in their home. That host would just upon entry, provide some of their best perfumed oil for their guest in order to soothe and comfort them, to refresh them. And the cup was another tangible way for guests to gauge the host's willingness for their visit. The guest was welcome to stay as long as the cup remained full. If the host continued to fill up that cup, the host was willing for the visit to continue. And in moments when that host felt especially delighted in the company of their guest, or in those moments where they wanted everyone to know how honored they were by the presence of the one they were serving, they would fill that cup up to the point where it overflowed slightly. It was a statement, this guest, this guest is wanted. This guest is honored. This guest is delighted in. Friend, not only does God provide a safe table to rest at, for you to receive nourishment at, 
but he wants you there. He rolls out the red carpet for us. He pulls out all of the stops to remind us that not only are we welcome at the table, we are desired at the table. In this shift from shepherd to host, God is highlighting, or David is highlighting God's delight in his relationship with us. While he cares for us as our good shepherd, this isn't a relationship of begrudging responsibility. No, this is a relationship where we are welcomed and wanted. Psalm 18 verse 19 says, He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Do you know that God delights in you? And I'm not talking about knowing it like here, like Sunday school knowledge. I mean, do you know it to the inner, deepest core of your being? Do you know that God delights in you? Do you understand just how much God wants a relationship with you? Not just because he created us and is responsible for us, but because we are welcome and wanted and loved where he is. And he invites us into his presence because he delights in us. I have two teenagers and they are wonderful. But the nature of teenagers is that they are busy starting to make that shift <laughs> into a life independent of us as their parents. They have work and school and friends and hobbies. And those are all very healthy, good, needed shifts to happen. They're a stepping stone of growing up. But when those kids of mine are home, I love it. I love when my kitchen is full of their laughter and presence. I delight in it. Am I responsible as their parent for caring for them? Absolutely. I have a responsibility to provide and nourish and guide them. But my delight doesn't come from my responsibility for them. My delight in them comes from my relationship with them. I absolutely adore spending time with my kids. They are welcome and wanted where I am. God's delight for you isn't birthed out of his responsibility for you as your shepherd, the one who guides and nourishes and cares for your needs. His delight for you isn't birthed out of responsibility. His delight for you is birthed out of his character, who he is, and the relationship that he desires with all of us, with all of humanity. And he has made a way through Jesus that we are welcome to come, as the Bible says, boldly before his throne of grace so that we can experience a relationship with God Almighty where we understand how deep his love is for us. 
So we understand how lavishly he wishes to care for us. So we understand the overwhelming desire he has for a relationship with us. God prepared the table and he's invited us to come and enjoy this place of peace, even in the middle of life's battles. He has invited us, he's beckoned us, he's calling to us, welcoming us to this place where not only are we um, welcomed and provided and cared for, but we are wanted. A place where we are delighted in, a place where we can find all our souls need in him. But the question remains, do we trust him enough? to say yes to that invitation? Do we trust him enough to stop fighting, to sit at the table with our good shepherd and our generous, gracious host? What would we find there? Whom would we find there? You know, Psalm 23 tells us, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what we find at the table. If we're willing to trust him enough to say yes to his invitation, if we're willing to allow God to love us, to be our peace and our security, to be sovereign, the one in control, to guide us, to nourish us, to refresh us, to restore us, to delight in us. And if we believe that's who God is, if we believe that he is trustworthy, if we believe that he is the one who guides us and cares for us and protects us, if we believe that he's the one who doesn't just welcome us but wants us, if we believe God delights in us that much, then why do we doubt that when we press pause and we stop and in the stillness pursue a relationship with him, why do we doubt that he'll care for us? Why do we doubt that he'll protect us? Why do we doubt his guidance? Why do we doubt that he'll pour good things out upon us? And yes, he will take care of our needs, the tangible things that we all have that we need, but that's such a, a small part. Why do we doubt his peace and his strength and his care, and his guidance and his forgiveness? Why do we doubt the truth of grace and mercy that God wants a relationship with you? You're not just welcome, 
You are wanted by God Almighty. Our God loves us and he delights in us and he welcomes us with open arms to come and find all that we need in his presence. You are not only welcome, you are wanted. If you have been a Christian for an hour or a minute or a hundred years, can you hear the truth of this today? Our God delights in you. He has set apart a table for you to find rest and encouragement and restoration and nourishment with him, with the good and generous host who wants a relationship with you. If you'll choose in stillness to pursue him, to say yes to that invitation, but maybe you logged on today and you don't know this Jesus personally. Maybe you've been exploring and you have questions and, and doubts and that's fine. We all enter into a relationship with Jesus knowing such a small portion of who he is and what he's promised us. But hear me, God loves you. He sees all that you are. He knows all the good and he knows all the bad. He knows all of your victories and he knows all of your failures. And still knowing every single one, he wants a relationship with you. He welcomes you. He delights in you. And because of Jesus, we have a way to have that relationship with God without fear without a need to, to walk through all sorts of rituals and things first. We can just come before the throne of grace with boldness because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. We only have to say yes and accept this invitation that's being presented to us through this 23rd Psalm. The table's prepared. God's waiting with the oil and the cup to prove how great his desire is for you to come and sit with him. We just have to say yes. We have to choose to answer the call. And for those of us that are far from God, that means acknowledging who Jesus is. We acknowledge that he is God Almighty, that he was the one who took on the sin of the world, my sin included so he could overcome sin and death, so that he could take all of the consequences, all of the separation from me and God on himself and make a way for us to have a relationship with God. And the second part of that is, is trusting God to be sovereign. I've used that word so many times today, and that just means that we trust God to be in control. We give up that space in our life, and we ask him to guide us. We ask him to reveal truth to us. We ask him to be the one in charge. We accept his invitation. We trust him. And we sit in his presence where we find peace and joy and hope and life and assurance 
where you find belonging and forgiveness and grace and mercy. And so if you would like to say yes to that invitation today, if you would like to choose Jesus, to choose this relationship with God, I'm going to pray and I would encourage you to just pray along with me. And if you make that step today, would you reach out and let us know that you did take this step to say yes to Jesus? Because we believe here at Evangel that our faith journey, though it's individual, was never one that we were called to do alone. And so we would love to walk alongside you. We have some resources that would help you to take some next steps in your faith. And we would love to get those to you. So again, why don't we pray? And if you are choosing Jesus for the first time, first, welcome to the family. But second, would you reach out and let us know so we can walk alongside you? So Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the cross. I thank you that you took on the sins of the world. You made a way for us to have a relationship with God that upon this moment where we confess our sin to you, where we ask you for your forgiveness, where we choose you to be sovereign, to be in control of our life as we declare you to be God, that you bridge that gap and you allow us to come before you without fear, boldly before the throne of grace. You allow us to come and sit with you at this table you've prepared for us, this place, this place of stillness, this place of peace, this place of safety, one where we find all that we need in who you are. And so I pray for those right now who are making this decision right now for the first time. I thank you that you've been pursuing them, that already you've been telling them how deeply you want a relationship with them, that they are wanted, that you delight in them, you love them so much, and they are welcomed by you. And I thank you that you never stop inviting us into your presence. And you never stop reminding us to pause and be still before you so that we can find all we need in you. You never stop teaching us to trust you, that you are trustworthy, that you are our good shepherd who cares for all of our needs but even more than that, you are the God Almighty who welcomes us. You don't just take care of us out of responsibility. You desire a relationship with us. You delight in us. Would you allow the truth of that to sink deep into the core of our being? Because your love transforms everything else. Your perfect love casts out the fear that we have. The understanding of how deep you love us, how much you want a relationship with us, the delight you have in us. God, that kicks over all of the obstacles in our way. And so I thank you that you never stop pursuing a relationship with us. 
us. You never stop pursuing time with us. I thank you that you call us your beloved. Would you allow us to really understand what that means and walk that out to live in the truth of that reality. We love you in your precious name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, friends. I'm so glad that you found this stream and I hope that you are encouraged by the deep love that God has for you, the delight that he holds for you. If you are enjoying what we're doing here at Evangel, if this uh, stream is adding value to your faith journey, would you consider partnering with us financially? Everything that we do comes directly out of the donations of people like you, and no amount is too small to make a difference in the kingdom of God. So you can find all of the ways to give today at myevangel.church forward slash give. And if you are online with us, would you consider coming and joining us in person? It would be so great to be able to see who's on the other side of this screen. I would love to say hello to you. And you can find out all of the information of what Evangel Church is doing at myevangel.church. Um, and we would love to see you one day, hopefully in the near future. Have a wonderful week.